Psalm 11, in uh, reverence to the Lord Jesus and his holy word, to stand in honor. We stand for many things, but a lot of times we don't stand for and own the word of God like we should. Psalm 11, verse 1. <clears throat> in the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready the arrow upon the string that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Father, in the name of Jesus, touch my heart, touch my mouth, my lips, my tongue. And God, may I say nothing other than what you would have to be said today. Bless these people, God. Honor their presence today. Speak to their hearts. Change their souls do what you want to do with us, God, because we belong to you. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. I remember the days as a child, we didn't have to lock our doors. We played outside till dark, and the only reason we went in is because we couldn't see. Because my daddy had one flashlight, all right? And you, didn't, you wouldn't dare be caught playing with the flashlight. The young man was getting ready to go out on his first date. And he says to his daddy, he said, Daddy, is there any way I could borrow your flashlight tonight? He said, Son, what do you need a flashlight for? He said, Well, just in case I need it, Daddy, on this first date. He said, Listen, I dated without a flashlight. He said, Yeah, Daddy, look what you ended up with. <laughs> wow. You know? We need the light. We need the light of Jesus. I remember those days. We didn't lock our door. We played outside after dark. Television was decent. Billboards, you didn't have to worry about your child looking at something that was indecent on a billboard. Lottery, never heard of it. School was a safe place to send your children. Children obeyed their parents. Church was respected. Pastors were respected. Law enforcement were respected. Military were honored. And our nation was honored. Our flag was raised and people stood and removed their caps and saluted and pledged the flag. You hardly ever heard of a preacher committing adultery. You hardly ever heard of a preacher being caught up in pornography. People worked for a living. They worked hard. They gave to the Lord. There was no such thing as same-sex marriage. It was a disgrace if you were even thought of being such a person. The Bible talks about the wicked here. And I asked you one question. Have you come up on the wicked lately? Wicked is a horrible word. It is a terrible term to be classified as a wicked person. But it says there that the wicked bend their bow. They make ready the arrow upon the string for one reason, and that is to shoot at the upright in heart. Who are these people? Who are the upright in heart? Those who name the name of Jesus. Those who have invited Christ into their heart. They're the ones that the wicked are shooting at today. Sad to say, no matter where you and I go, lots of times, many times, we are made fun of for being a Christian. Well, let them make fun because God will have the last laugh. 
Because when it's all said and done, we're going to gather around the throne of God and worship and praise Him forever and forever. When I think about the wicked always standing ready, you mark it down. You can be living a good, clean Christian life, doing everything you can to do right and to help your neighbor. And you mark it down. The wicked are hiding. They are seeking a place where they can trip you up. Who are these wicked? They're the lost crowd. They're the crowd that's never accepted Christ as their Savior. And I've spoken to many of them. And they'll say, oh, I love God. I said, well, what about his son? Well, I, you know, he was a good man. I said, well, he said he's the only way to heaven. Where do you plan to go? Oh, well, I don't plan to go anywhere, preacher. When I die, it's over with. Oh, son, it's not over with. It's just beginning. You and I are going to live somewhere, and we're going to live forever, either in hell or in heaven. You make the choice today. The choice is ours, and God has given us the choice. Church, don't sit there dead You've been saved. You ought, to be, you ought to be shouting hallelujah. You ought to be praising God for your salvation. Listen, I have worked all my entire life. I have worked ever since I could move and, and do anything. My daddy saw to it that I could work and had opportunities to work. The lawnmower handles were up here. He took it to the shop and had them lowered down where I could reach them. He had fixed wheelbarrows where I could roll them. He had a hoe that I worked with, a mattock that I worked with. He taught me what was right and what was wrong, and so did my mama. The righteous, upright with God and outright with our fellow man. If there's something going on in your life that's not right, you know it, you need to go fix it. Let me say this to you about fixing it. You can't always fix it, but you can give it your best shot. You can give it your best effort. You can apologize. You can say, hey, I've, I've wronged you, and I'm, I'm so sorry. I heard Lynn tell this story many times, and I owe her money. I just called her name. I heard her. She said when she was in Anderson College, it was only a two-year school then, and uh, she only got a dollar a week from her mama uh, to Little knickknacks and what have you. Well, hey, see, I'm four years older than her, so I was already out working a job while she's going to college. And I told her this week, I said, I want to apologize to you. She said, for what? I said, because in those days you were going to school and only had a dollar to spend, and me out there working and never offered you any extra money. I said, I'm sorry. Oh, no, don't worry about it. She said, I had a job at Anderson College also. So... You know, it's never, listen, it's never too late to go and say you're sorry. Don't be so bold and macho, well, I don't have to. No, you don't have to, but listen to me. You and I are going to give an account of our life when we stand before God, and we're going to give an account of every word. The Bible says that we will give an account of every idle word we speak. Can you imagine standing before God and him say, okay, Kenny, you used this word here many times. What did you mean when you used that word? You say, that's going to take a lot of time. Hey, you're going to be there and I'm going to be there forever for eternity. You're going to stand before God. What can the righteous do? What can we do? When we think about our foundations, nothing can stand without a foundation. I put, put a many a foundation in for houses and, and church buildings and, and big buildings. I put foundations in, started down with the digging, pouring the concrete, laying the masonry. And when it's all said and done, you hope everything's going to stand there. But only and if it's got a good foundation. I praise God for 
Chloe. I, 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 just, I just praise God for her family allowing her to follow the Lord in baptism. She's building on that foundation now. She's building on that foundation. Your and my responsibility is to help her to continue to lay a good, solid foundation. I think of the man that built his house on the sand. The winds came, the winds blew, and that house fell. Why? Because it was founded on sand. The man built his house on a rock, and the winds blew, and the rains came, and beat upon the house, and it stood because it was built on a rock, a solid rock. That rock is Jesus today. You can't get over it. You can't get around it. You've got to stand in there, make up the hedge, fill in the gap, and be all God would have you to be. It's not easy. Living the Christian life is not easy. God didn't say it would be easy. But think about it. Jesus said, I'll be with you. Well, let's look at these foundations. There's a foundation of righteousness. What is that? That's right living. Pure and simple, right living. In the home, hey, in the church, and in the nation. Right living starts in the home. Mama and daddy, especially daddy, you're responsible. The Bible has, has laid the responsibility on the daddy, the father, the husband to raise that family and teach them the way they ought to go. You say, oh, I have blew the whole thing. It's never too late to go back and apologize and say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I sinned, and I'm asking for forgiveness. I want my house, I'm, excuse me, my home. There's a difference in a house and a home. I see many signs today that says home for sale. You can't sell a home. You can sell a house. But you can't sell a home. A home is where a family lives. The righteousness, the foundation of a home built on the solid word of God. Teaching children. The Bible says train them up the way they ought to go. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. Many of you are praying for your youngins who've gone astray. You keep on praying because if you've taught them from the beginning, the Bible says they'll come back to it. But we must pray because the foundation of the home, listen, that's all we got today, y'all. And sad to say homes are crumbling and falling apart just daily. People are walking away and leaving. And there's the foundation of the church. Listen, it... Jesus said, upon this rock, now listen to me, he was talking to Peter. Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus, I believe Jesus was looking at old Peter right square in the eye. He said, Peter, I'm the rock. You're just a little pebble. But upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen, the devil was in here early this morning tearing up the music. It wasn't anything they were doing back there. The CD was just automatically starting over by itself. The devil didn't want that song sung. Oh, hallelujah. It got sung. How can you keep from singing? How can you keep from praising God for all the blessings that he has given us? In life, he gives blessings. In death, he gives blessings. In hardships, he gives blessings. Then there's the foundation of our nation. I don't know where you stand. It don't make no difference to me where you stand. But I tell you where I stand. I'm glad we got who we got when we got for president. Hello. I'm glad. 
I pray for him every day. I pray for our president that God will keep a hedge of protection around the man as he leads our nation. But our nation will be no stronger than what we are. Our nation will be no stronger than what the local church is. Our homes will be no stronger than what we make it. You make time for reading God's word. You make time for prayer. It's important. It is necessary. Romans 6.13 says, Yield your members as instruments of righteousness. Your members. Who are your members? Well, not me as a pastor and you as the members, but the members of this body. These eyeballs. These ears. These lips. These tongue. These lungs. These arms. These hands. These feet. All of this is instruments of righteousness. Now, I can use it. Listen to me. I can use these instruments right here for righteousness, or I can curse God. Same tongue. The Bible says that. It speaks of, of a tongue blessing God and not blessing God. I think sometimes, hey, what is this about? What kind of words are we using every day? What kind of actions are we doing every day? Romans 10, 10 says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Philippians one eleven says, filled with the fruits of righteousness. Philippians 3, 7, it's the righteousness of God. Listen, I'm not right. I'm not righteous. You listen. The Bible says, my righteousness is as filthy rags. You know what I do with them? I trash them. So my righteousness is nothing, but it's the righteousness of God that we allow to invade our life. You hear me? To invade my privacy, to have your way and your will in my life, God. Hey, I don't have but a few days left. I mean, I'm done past that three score and ten deal. You know, hey, that's 70. I'm done past that deal. I don't know how many more days I got left, but I need to give it all I got for who he is and for no other reason. Foundation of righteousness in the home, in the church, in the nation. You know, our country was founded on the Word of God, by the way. Our flag, we, we pledge the flag, one nation, under God. Our money says, in God we trust. What's happened to all this? I remember in school, we had Bible reading and prayer every morning. Our principal came on the loud PA system. And he said, may I have your attention, please? And you better pay attention. That was in days of discipline. Right, Kurt? Discipline. They'd tear your hind end up. Rightfully so. My mom and daddy never went to the schoolhouse to ball out anybody because they whipped his youngin. He said, may I have your attention, please? And he would read scripture and he would pray. We had assemblies back in those days. Met in the gymnasium, assembly they called it, and a preacher would come in and preach. We had prayer before ball games. It's amazing. Marriage was sacred, and God was honored. Children respected their parents. Let me tell you something, this righteousness is about gone. Why? Because the daddy of the home give up. The daddy of the home walked out. The daddy of the home quit. Let me tell you something. If I was one of those kind of daddies, I'd go back. I'd do whatever it took to get forgiveness. You can't make everything right. You can't be like it used to be. But at least you could go and apologize and say, I'm sorry. 
I had to tell my daddy, I told my daddy one time, I, I said, Daddy, I'm so sorry that I've been treating you the way I have. You know what he done? He put his arm around me and he said, it's okay. What if I hadn't? What if I hadn't? When I stood over his casket, I couldn't have said a word. I couldn't have lived with myself if I hadn't made things right with my daddy. You know your relationship with all your in-laws and outlaws and what have you. Well, I don't like them outlaws. Well, I'm sorry. You need to pray for them. If you've wronged them anyway, they'll never forget it. They may never get over it, but they can. You can offer forgiveness for it. It is necessary, y'all. It's important. I'm going to stand before God. I don't want anything hindering me from getting into the glory of heaven. No, you can't save yourself. You can't keep yourself safe. You can't work enough to get in there. It's all by faith. But I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer for the life that I'm living. What can the righteous do? Who are the righteous? They're the saved people. Listen, we could run and hide. That's what the Bible says. In verse 1, it says, In the Lord put I my trust. If you do that, you're in great shape. But if you don't, it says, How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? Well, we could run and hide. That's what Elijah did. Elijah was a man of God. That's found in 1 Kings 19, 1 through 4. Elijah was a man of God. He had, he had, he had slain the prophets. He had done all these things. And, and oh, Ahab, the king, went to Jezebel, that sorry thing. And he, he says to her, I guess you heard what Elijah's done to all the prophets of Baal. She said, no, tell me about it. And he told her about it. And she said, you mark this down. You go tell Elijah by this time tomorrow, if I don't kill him, I'm not standing right here. They sent him word. You know what Elijah done? He cut loose running. He ran. He ran. The Bible says he ran from, from Jezreel, way over there somewhere. I forget exactly where it was. But I looked it up on the map. It was 100 miles. He ran. To get away from Jezebel. God stopped him, slowed him down, said, Hey, that battle's not yours, son, it's mine. You stand in the gap. You know who won out over there? Elijah did. Why? Because he was a man of God, because he was living right. But fear set in, the devil set in and drove him away. Listen, you can run if you want to, you can't run away from God. When you run away from God, guess what? You run into him. <laughs> Best thing to do is run with him. We could compromise like Peter did. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter was found cursing, uh, saying, no, swore up and down. I don't know him. And that whole lost crowd was standing around a fire, and he eased up to get himself warm because he was cold. He was not only cold physically, y'all, he was cold spiritually. And he was standing there, and this lady, she says, hey, he's one of them. He speaks just like him. He swore up and down. No, it's not. On the third time, exactly what Jesus told him happened. The rooster crowed because he had denied the Lord. The Bible says that he went out, and he wept bitterly. We could quit like Lot did. Lot just give up, quit, throwed in the towel and said, hey, I'm not going to fool with this mess anymore. You Don't you quit. We can't afford to quit. We've come too far to turn around now. Life is short and we need to hang on or we can be faithful. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You know, we can take a stand. We can put, put, put the whole armor of God on that we might be able to stand against the wicked crowd. But listen, listen to me now. You can't beat the wicked crowd, but God can. It's his battle. If we're sold out to Jesus, it's his battle. He may be using us as an instrument, but don't turn tail and run. Don't give up praying. Don't give up giving. Don't give up serving the Lord. Don't give up going to God's house. Because he said, the battle's not yours. It's mine. Paul said, I fought a good fight. He thought about that fight, many fights he had been in. He thought about this. He said, I have finished my course. He knew the end was near. He knew it was about over for him. And then he says, I have kept the faith. Psalm 56, 11 says, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do to me. Oh, God, listen, y'all. Man can kill this body. They can stomp the living breath out of me. They can stop my speech. But he can't touch my soul. He can't touch my soul. My soul saved is saved forever. Nothing I did but believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing I can do to stay saved. He keeps me by the power of the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. But thank God, Jesus shed his blood. How much blood did he have to shed for me? Listen, <clears throat> one drop would have done the job. He gave it all. He gave it all for you and for me. I want to challenge you today. Listen, where is your foundation? Have you checked your foundation lately? Oh, listen, on these houses today and big buildings, your foundation goes to crack. What do they say do? Call Ramjack. Get Ramjack. Well, I'm not going to say it don't work, but them boys will come in. They'll root and gouge down in the dirt and jack this up and jack that up. What I never have figured out is how they're going to put the mortar back in the crack. It's going to look like it used to. Well, Ramjack's a good thing. That's great. Let me tell you something. What are you going to do when you discover your or my foundation is cracking on the spiritual side? What are you going to do? Can't call Ramjack. They can't help you. You call going, God, Lord, help me to get my foundation back like it's supposed to be. I don't care what nobody says. They can say what they want to about me. I know where I stand with God. God knows where I stand. He will be the judge. He'll do the punishing. He'll do the rewarding. It won't be you on me, and it won't be me on you. But it'll be God Almighty. We're all going to stand before him. So I simply challenge you today to obey the Lord. If you're lost, you say, oh, I, I, I ain't going that far now. I don't want to be embarrassed. I'd rather get saved right in here than to die and go to hell. Today's the day. Jesus said today's the day of salvation. If you're lost, I beg you, I plead with you. When we start the hymn of invitation, come to the altar. You say, I don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything. I'll do the talking. I'll ask you the questions. All you have to do is answer. Say, what if I don't know the answer? I'll give you the answers. You can't beat that test. Hey, I'll give you the answers. But above that, Lord Jesus will give you eternal life. You know where you stand with the Lord today. You know if you need to come to the altar and pray. You know if this is where God wants you to serve and you just haven't joined. You, you know what you need to do today. I can't make you do anything. I'm going to stand right here as long as I feel God wants me to stand and it'll be over with. But I beg you, obey the Lord today. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch hearts, touch lives, touch souls. 
God, I want to thank you for the foundation that, that my mother and my daddy gave me in the beginning. And Lord, they didn't live a perfect life. I know they didn't. Their son don't live a perfect life. Lord, I thank you, though, for that foundation. It got me a start, and I pray that you'd help me to keep my eyes on the foundation, that there be no cracks come in it, there be no crumbling, no falling, and no walking away. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Mark.